Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders. Tuesday mornings, 11.30, with First Seder Bis Medrash, firstseder.org, wonderful program, with your new Kabbalah Satira, Kabbalahs. Look them up, sign up, become involved in it. They're having a campaign now, Mishnathan, to sponsor Limud of Mishnayis Prokim. So, wonderful, wonderful program to be a part of and to support. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who, Bez Hashem, be joining this year. And as I mentioned, Torah Anytime is in a two-week campaign to give the opportunity for you to share in their 12 million hours of Torah a year. 25 cents per hour, you could acquire an hour of Torah. So if you go to my page, or anyone's page for that matter, and become a part of the Torah Anytime Torah that they uh, are mefarsim throughout the world. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Rebitzik Saflis, Bottom Line Marketing Group. And um, this is a special shear Rebitzik Bez Hashem will enjoy, because for two reasons... Number one, I just want to say that today is the Gimel Sivan, the first of Shleishas and On Sunday, I gave a shear, it was posted on Torah Anytime, about the day of joy and the day of sorrow of Rishchidesh Sivan, and how that is a preparation for Kabbalah Satira. And Rishchidesh Sivan, the city of worms, was destroyed twice, attacked twice, and Chav Gimel Iyar and Aleph Sivan. It was a fast day. If you listen to the shear, you'll hear all about it. And today, Gimel Sivan was the day that the Crusaders, this is in the year 1096, they had gone, gone from, coming up from France northwards, they had hit Spire, the cities of Shum, Spire, Worms, and Mainz, they hit Spire, and Ches-Iar, they hit Worms, Chav Gimel, and then Aleph again, and they worked their way up to the city of Mainz, and Gimel Sivan, and destroyed the city, and um, very uh, tragic time for Klai Yisrael, and that is today. And uh, I was able to be with Rabbi Tzchok in Mainz last year at the Kvarim of the Rabbeinu Gershom Aragayla, the Rebar Yakar, in the Mishom Baram Kleinimus. And uh, so today it should be Lili Nishmasam of those Kedoshim that were killed by the Crusades in the cities of Shum, and specifically today the city of Mainz. Now we're going to talk today about something else that uh, is a connection that I have with Rabbi Tzchok, and that is this week on second day of Shavuos, Zion Sivan will be the 274th yard site of Rabbi Avram ben Avram, known as the Ger Tzedek of Vilna. And we're going to learn about that today. I was to be with Dirshu in Vilna last year. I was in Vilna, Baruch Hashem, numerous times. And to be at the kever of Rabbi Avram ben Avram, the Ger Tzedek of Vilna. Now, to the Hakdama of this story of the Gertzedek of Vilna is that the details are a little shrouded in uncertainty perhaps is the right word and the reason is as we'll see it was at that time a very terrible terrible sin to the Catholic and Christian world to for a for a uh, Christian to become a Jew and that is why as we'll see Rabbi Avram and Avram was uh, killed and burnt at the stake because of it. And because that was such a serious thing, the Jews were afraid of writing down the story. You couldn't write it down, you couldn't write down details, they couldn't even talk about it in public. It was Pasha, they were afraid of the Goyim. And therefore, till many years afterwards, was it finally able to be sort of recorded, and at that time it had gone orally, 
this tradition and this story, I shouldn't say tradition, but the details at least. And um, the Chavetz Chaim, as we'll see, used to say this story all the time. He used to talk about the story of Ravram and Avram, the Gertzedek of Vilna. Now the Chavetz Chaim had a Rebbe who was a Talmud of Reb Chaim Velazhner, a Talmud of Vilna Gain. And he had a direct, so to speak, connection to Talmidei Hagra and those in the vicinity of the Gra. And he used to say the story all the time. As we'll see, Rabbi Aaron Cutler heard it from the Chavetz Chaim. Rabbi Chana Wasserman heard it from the Chavetz Chaim. Rabbi Aaron Cutler, Zechariah Levracha, on Shavuos every year, on the second day, would say over this Maisa to his Talmidim. And Yibalda Mechaim Lechaim, Ereinu Harav, Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky, Shabrafua Shleima, Shmuel Benita Etel, on the second day of Shavuos, when the yeshiva would come to his house for a Mesiba, I remember, every year would say the Maisa again. This was a, a Maisa that, in the world of the Litvish Yidin, was something that was a very sacred and holy story. So let us try to... Uh, to uh, learn about this, and most of my information came from the book called Hagoin, who went through and sifted through many of the different sources, trying to get, so to speak, the most accurate um, account of what happened. Um, very often in our shul on the second day of Shavuos, that our boys learning Kalanarim, we say the story as well, not with all the details, because some of them are a little bit scary, perhaps for younger children. In Poland at that time, in the 1700s, he was killed 1749, Tuf So in the early 1700s, there was a very famous Polish family. You have to remember at that time, it was the Kingdom of Poland. Kingdom of Poland spread out over a lot of what we have of Eastern Europe today. And at that time, one of the richest families uh, was the Patotsky family. And there was one part of that family, one of the Dukes of the Patotsky family. Now, in Shimusha Shal Taira, Rav Shach would relate that this specific, um, the father of what we'll call Avram and Avram, um, the Duke Patatsky, he owned in Poland 999 pieces of land. He was one of the biggest landowners. And uh, Rav Shach said he he intentionally did not buy one more piece of land to make it one million because, I'm sorry, to make it 1,000, um, to make it 1,000. And the reason is because he said to himself that if people are going to just say, how much land does the Duke have? A thousand pieces of land. A thousand pieces of land is a lot, but it doesn't take very long to say it. But if they have to then say, how many pieces of land does he have? 999 pieces of land. So it takes them longer to say it, so they're talking about him longer. So he felt he was such a Balgaiva that he wanted that covet that people should have to um, elaborate on how many pieces of land he has, and therefore that's why he used to, he didn't buy that extra piece to make it um, a thousand. Now, he, this duke was called the Graf Patatsky. Graf in, uh, in, in, in Polish, I guess, is a count. So he wasn't just a duke, he was a count, which I guess, I don't know the exact hierarchy of how this works, but it sounds like um, it was pretty chashev. Um, you know, they, they bring down that uh, Polish, uh, people of Polish descent used to relate, and I have a friend actually, who's not from Polish descent, his father's actually from Eretz Yisrael, and uh, he remembers as a kid, and these po people of Polish descent remember as children that when they would ask for something from their parents to purchase something for them, 
and they didn't want to, and it was expensive, and they didn't have the money, they would say, what do you think I am, the Graf Patatsky? That was like the symbol of a rich person. Who do you think I am, the Count Patatsky? And this fellow, a good close friend of mine, says, father used to say it all the time. Well, who do you think I am? What's have been the Graf Patatsky? Um, he was the symbol of um, affluence in, in Poland. And he had a very uh, talented son, Valentin, and Valentin was very smart. Valentin had a friend named Zaramba, and both of them were learning to become priests. And uh, they were finally sent to, by the Bishop of Vilna, they were sent to France to go learn over there to become Catholic priests. Over there somehow, not somehow, but over there, they started doubting and questioning their uh, Catholic religion, and eventually they came across a Tanakh, and they started to learn it, and eventually they found a Rav who was willing to teach them. Again, this was a very dangerous thing to do, to teach them secretly, until they both decided to become Gerim, to become converts. And they traveled to Amsterdam. Amsterdam was far away from, from, uh, from where they were, and from the reach of his parents, and they became Gerim there. Um... In the Sefer Shalmei Taida from Rabbi Zion Falman from Bnei Brak, he quotes Rabbi Michal Feinstein, Zechreinu Levracha. Rabbi Michal Feinstein said that the last Shabbos before Valentin became a convert, he couldn't rest at all. He was very perturbed. He couldn't find any peace with himself. And he was like talking about Kedusha Shabbos. And he kept on asking about it. And they, they said the, the Messiah that they had was... They had a very lofty neshama, and he was feeling things of Kedusha that he didn't really understand himself. Now, he obviously knew what Shabbos was, because he was becoming a ger, but clearly the feeling of Kedusha Shabbos, he didn't actually understand yet, and somehow something was like pounding in his heart, and because of that he just had no peace trying to figure out what the Shabbos is. Other people, there's others who say that it wasn't just the Shabbos, last Shabbos, it was many of the Shabbosos. Before he became a ger, he um, also was like, his heart was like on fire, and he was like very unnerved, and um, he, would, he would walk forward and, ba- and backwards, pacing again without any peace. And uh, he would like, he would like, not scream, but he would like cry out in Polish, I don't even know how to say it. Sutaza Sabota. Sabota is like Shabbos, Sabbath. You say, what is the Shabbos? What is the Shabbos? And this was even before, I guess, uh, he knew a lot about Shabbos. And uh, somehow there was this feeling of when Shabbos came, even though yet he was not a convert yet, but somehow he had this feeling in his neshama, and he had this lofty neshama, even before his geiris, it would seem, that recognized what Shabbos was about. His friend also became a convert, became a ger. His friend ended up marrying a woman who was also Giyaris. They went to Eretz Yisrael. They were involved in Chesed in Eretz Yisrael. They were called Avram. I'm sorry, they were called um, Baruch ben Avram and Rochel Basara was the name of his friend Zaramba and uh, his wife. Now, meantime, he had disappeared off the face of the earth. He was supposed to be studying for his uh, becoming a priest in France. His parents... As I said, Chasheva people, wealthy people, are trying to figure out where he is, sending out messengers to look and try to find him, but to no avail. Now, at the same time, Rabbi Avram, he was nervous being in Amsterdam. It was a big city. There are a lot of people there. Who knows what's going to happen? 
maybe his parents, their shlichim, um, will eventually come there. So he decided to go to Vilna. He went back to Vilna, or to Vilna, and he was dressed, and he was uh, acting like one of the Prushim. What was a parish in those days? A parish was someone who literally means, separates himself from Eilam Hazeh, stays in the shul, learns, is involved in Avedis Hashem entire day, and that's what he looked like. He had a beard, he had payas, and uh, he went to learn in one of the shtibels, or the klois, as they would call it. The klois was a little place to learn, and he would sit there and learn day and night, um, people who did such practices, the women, the Nashim Tzidkanias of the villages of the cities, would see such people and be aware of them, and they would provide the food for them, and that's how he had his food, and he'd sit there in this klois, learning Yaiman Valayla. It seems that the Gra, the Vilna Gain, somehow got wind of what was going on, exactly how, we're not sure, and he gave him an eitz, and he told him, Vilna is still too big of a city, and you should go to some little shtetl somewhere where nobody's going to hear about that anyone's looking for you. And, they, you know, there was, no, uh, there was no news at the time, so the only way you knew if someone was being searched for is if you're in the big city and you hear all the news, but you little shtetl somewhere, who's going to hear from it? And he told him to go to the little city called Ilya. Um, Ilya is about 150 kilometers east of Vilna, Today it's in Belarus, and you go over there, nobody's going to know from you, and you'll be able to learn Torah the way you want. And that's what he did, and he went there to the shul, wearing his talus and tefillin and learning a whole day. Nobody knew who he was except the Rav of the city. I guess he told him who he was and that, to protect himself, and that's what he did. Now, in that city there was a tailor, and this tailor was a Jew, who was a tailor for all of the nobles, and he would uh, sew their furs and things like that. And uh, he knew a little bit about the news from, you know, when the nobles would come, they would talk about what's, what's, what they heard in the tavern, what they heard in their places. And he heard about this thing, that the son of the Graf Patatsky, they're looking for him. And um, there was some rumors, perhaps, that maybe he became a ger, and uh, he heard about this, but he kept quiet. And he said he was. He, he suspected that this parush who's sitting in the in the in the shul is maybe this uh, Valentin Patatsky. Why he talked Yiddish with a very uh, interesting um, accent. He spoke fluent Polish. Things uh, to him smacked a little off. It smelled a little off to him. But why should he say anything? Now this Taylor had a son, and this son um, seemingly used to. Uh, bother the Avram ben Avram very much in uh, while he was learning, running around the shul and all different types of things, and exactly what happened, it came to a point. Rav Avram got angry at him, and either he picked him up and threw him out of the base madrash, um, and he said something like uh, a, a Jewish child that could act with such rishos is very possible that one day he'll convert to Christianity, one day he'll shmad himself. Some say he said maybe it's chashash, he's a mamzer. He said something very stark, very strong against his child. Obviously, he was a chadam chashavad ma'oid, and clearly um, he felt it was necessary here. Um, and that's what happened. Some actually say the child actually did become, did shmad, and did convert to Christianity afterwards, like Rebbe Ram predicted. Um, but when the tailor heard about this, he got very angry, of course, that someone could say such a thing about his son and do something to his son. 
and um, he decided to inform to the government. Rav Ram begged him not to, but he informed anyways to the government that the son of the Graf Patatsky is here in Ilya. Come get him. Um, now, in, there's a sefer called Karim Tzvi from Rav Tzvi Hirsch Farber from London. And in Parsha Shemais, he's talking about being a Mosur, someone who informs, a Jew and informs on others. Um, and uh, he writes, Mida grua, grua, it's a very terrible, terrible Mida to be like a Mosur, not even just a Mosur. Mosur is a people, someone who informs on others. Even to be a Mosur, to go talk about everything you see, to go talk about it and tell everybody, that's a very bad Mida. And he writes in parentheses, HaKadosh Reb Avram Ger Tzedek Nisraf Bevilna Al Kiddush Hashem. The Ger Tzedek was burnt in Vilna Al Kiddush Hashem because of the Sipur Chayit Echol Asrara. Because one uh, tailor decided to report it to the to the government, and he uses that as an example of what damage could come out of someone who is a Maser. Now it seems that Reb Avram realized what was going to happen. He tried to run away to some like. Um, a pundik is like a little tavern, hotel, a stop, a rest stop on the way, on the road, about eight kilometers from Ilya. But the owner of that uh, rest stop was nervous that the pirates of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the area, most of the time the Jews used to lease their taverns or their land from the pirates, the Gaish noblemen, and he was afraid that his, his boss, so to speak, um, would, um, would, would, would uh, punish him if he heard that he was harboring this uh, Avram and Avram. So therefore he called the police and they took him in chains and they took him back to Vilna to the bishop. Now at that time, the punishment for someone who converts to Judaism was to be burnt, as we said before. And that's what they paskined. The verdict was he's going to be burnt. Immediately his parents, of course, heard that he was found and they came and they tried to convince him to retract and to come back to being a Christian. And, of course, they cried and they begged and they pleaded, but nothing helped. They even told him, according to one account, that he doesn't have to really become a Christian, just on the outside, externally, tell everybody he regrets his decision. They'll build him a palace and in that palace um, he'll be able to live like a Jew, in, in, in private, and uh, he said, no, I want to give myself over as a carbon al Kiddush Hashem, and chas v'shalom, not to be mechalal Hashem, not to profane Hashem's name by coming out and saying, I have regrets, and I'm going back to being a Christian, that's a chil Hashem, I want to sanctify Hashem's name. Um, now in the Sefer HaTzadik Rav Shloyma, Rav Shloyma Blach was a Talmud Muvuk of the Chavetz Chaim, so he said, that the Chavetz Chaim, and he writes over there, the Chavetz Chaim would talk very often about the story of the Ger Tzedek, as we said in the beginning, that, um, he, so he writes there, Chavetz Chaim told him that when the priests came to talk to him, to try to convince them, he turned away and he says, I'm willing to talk to you, but why are you bringing me those dogs? And he pointed to the Christian symbols, the crosses and all those things that they were wearing, and he says, I'm willing to talk to you, and you could come here, but don't bring all of those symbols here. I don't want them anywhere near me. Um, now, there's a sefer that was written by Reb Benzian Alphys, um, that uh, he was a magid in Vilna. And over there he says on page uh, Samach Dalid that the mother of um, the Avram ben Avram begged him that, uh, that he should retract and he told her, and she said, and he has it there in Yiddish, 
and he said, um, uh, you know, I, he didn't say it in Yiddish because she didn't speak Yiddish. So, um, but he told her, my beloved mother says, I love you very much and you're very dear to me. But the MS, the truth, is even more dear to me. And the truth is Yiddishkeit and therefore that overrides anything. Now his mother realized there was no reason, there was no way that she's going to convince him. So she decided to travel to the, uh, the king of Poland, the Kesar, the king of Poland, to get a reprieve, to get some type of um, pardon from the king. Again, they were very, very influential and wealthy people, and she actually did get the pardon from the king. The priest, on the other hand, knew she was going to get it, and therefore they moved up his burning one day to the second day of Shavuos. It was supposed to be the next day, and she only arrived with the pardon one day later after she came on the day that it was scheduled to be, but it was already too late. Now, in Mishnah Srebarin, Chela Gimel, Amad Nuntes, Srebarin Kalu, Zechrein Lebracha says that he heard from the Chavetz Chaim that the priests who had to kill him actually, um, asked him Mechila, it's interesting, that they asked him Mechila that they had to um, torture him and all things they had to do. And it would seem, according to that, that they recognized that he was a holy person. And they asked that when he gets up to the Olam HaMas, he should not take Nekama. Um, against them, not take revenge. In Atzadik Reb Shloima, he brings that the Chavetz Chaim said this about the tailor, that the tailor came um, and asked for um, for Mechila. And um, in Chaye HaMusser, Rebbe Chanan Wasserman said he also heard from the Chavetz Chaim that it was the tailor as opposed to the Goyim. And he said a famous vart, what became a famous vart, Rabbi Avram said, Halus Hashem kol goyim, we say in Halel, in Tehillim, that the Goyim all have to praise Hashem, ki gavar aleinu chastai, because Hashem's chesed is in abundance, has overcome us. And the question is, why do the Goyim have to say, praise Hashem, because we, Klai Yisrael, received chesed? Why are they the ones praising Hashem? So said Rabbi Avram ben Avram, a marshal to a prince, uh, was a child, a prince boy, was playing with his friends in the sandbox and one of them hit him and the prince told this other one he got very angry he said one day when I'm going to become king I am going to take my revenge against you many years later he became king and that little boy who heard the threat that he's going to take revenge because he hit the prince was nervous that maybe he now's the time he's going to take revenge so he came to his old friend the king and he asked the mechila he was he was in in in, in he was in in uh, fear that maybe he's going to take revenge against him. And the king smiled at him and laughed, and he says, that's all what we call kinderspiel. That's all kids play. He says, down there, you know, in the sandbox, when we were little kids, it was a big thing. But now I'm up here sitting on this, on, on, my, on my throne, and I'm looking down. There's a much more important things on my radar than a little slap somebody gave me. It's nothing that you have to worry about. So said Rav Ram and Avram, the same thing is like this. The Kavod and the Yakar, it's a very Mechudish uh, the Kavart, the Kavod, the honor and the, and the glory, the Kla Yisrael is going to have, or in all of those things that we suffered in this world are going to be like little kids play. It's, it's a very strong thing to say. Talking about today, the city of Maine's being killed out, worms, Shum, the Crusades, the Inquisition, the Holocaust. And Rabbi Avram said, but we don't even realize how great and how unbelievable it's going to be, that everything that happens is going to be like 
kids play, like a little slap. So the Goyim don't have to worry that we're going to take revenge against them, Loyalam Haba. Because of all the chesed that we receive from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there will be much more important things for us to be focused on in life than the kinderspiel, the little slaps we got. I don't want to say they're little, but in, in, in comparison um, to what's going to be the little slaps that we're getting from the Goyim. So that is why Halus Hashem, they're going to praise Hashem. So he said the same thing, that when I'm going to get up to Shemayim, there's going to be much greater things for me to worry about than what you guys did to me here, and therefore you don't um, have to worry about it. Um, um, they, they bring B'Shem Rabbi Hanan. The Rabbi Hanan told the, the, um, the tailor, the tailor asked him not to cause him to be, to be uh, not to get his Elam Haba, so he says, no, the rabbi, the, the, he told the tailor, it was because of you that I have this chus of Mesiris Nefesh, Al-Kiddush Hashem, and I thank you for that. However, others say that, no, he wasn't so, didn't have such akar satayv to the tailor. Others say he gave the tailor a curse, that for ten generations, all of his descendants will be bali mumin, they'll have all types of deficiencies, and they will never, they will all die early, they won't die like a regular, like a regular normal person um, of old age. Um, there was a certain um, um, historian who came to the city of Ilya um, in Tuf Reish Atzadi, which is uh, 19, 1930, and um, they, he, he, re- he found out over there that all of the descendants of this uh, tailor were actually all balimumim. Some were deaf, some, were, some couldn't speak, some were, li- um, were, were uh, limping, were lame. Generation after generation, people of that city, of the village of Ilya, would not do Shaduchim with this family because they knew that they wouldn't live very long. And they to actually used to refer to the family in a very derogatory way, the Yoshkas. Like, I assume because, um, because um, either because he, they, one of their, their uh, children was um, you know, converted to, Catholic, to, to Christianity, like we said before, that child that maybe was the one who, uh, who persecuted Avram ben Avram, or maybe it's because the, they caused that he was killed by the Christians and gave vote to the Christians, but that, they used to call this family in a very derogatory way, the Yoshkas. Um, now the Chavetz Chaim used to say that the Gra, who you have to realize the Gra at that time was all of 29 years old, he was very young, he sent a message to Avram and Avram, or he visited him, and he told him he could save him using Kabbalah, using Shemus of Hashem to get him out of prison. And Avram told him, no, since the day he recognized his Creator, he has been ready and waiting to give his life over HaKiddush Hashem, and he's not willing to give it up to remain alive in a physical body. He's not willing, he does not want to be saved. Um, now there's a sefer called B'Yashishim Chachma, um, Rav Noach God Weintraub says that he heard from Rameir Karelitz. Rameir Karelitz was the Chazanisha's brother-in-law, married to the Chazanisha's sister. He took on his wife's last name of Karelitz. Um, he was a Rav in, in, in Europe, in Eretz Yisrael. He was a very big Askin. And he said he heard from Rav Baruch Bar Libowitz that one time the Grah visited Rav Ram and Avram and he saw him sad and crying. And he asked him, you should told him, you should be besimcha. You're going to give up your life al Kiddush Hashem. And he answered the Gra and he said, you're right, but what I'm crying about is that I have no roots in Kla Yisrael. I was never able to be put, put any type of uh, roots in Kla Yisrael. I don't have a father. 
because I'm a ger and I don't have any children, so I have nothing. I'm just me and I don't exist anymore. So the Grah told him, there's a Medrash on the Pasuk in Yeshaya, on the Rishayin, on the Hashem says, I'm the first, and I'm the last, says the Medrash, on the Rishayin, She'en Liav. Hashem says, I'm the first, meaning I don't have a father. And I'm the last, I don't have a son. Says the Grah, what does that mean? Hashem is saying, on the Rishayin, I'm the one, the first one, Lemi She'en Liav. I'm here for the one who doesn't have a father, and I'm the Achrayin, I'm here for the one who does not have a child, meaning someone who doesn't have a father, who's a ger, who's coming to bask in my shade to become a ger, and I'm the achra in the mishain leben, for that person who doesn't have a child, anoichi toivloi me'asaravonim, I, Hashem, am better than him, than all than any ten children. So he comforted him by saying that you might not have roots because you don't have a physical father or a child, however, then you're the one who belongs to the Rabbi Nishalaylam. And on the second day of Shavuos, they paraded him through the streets of Vilna in order that everyone should see Laman Yiru people should see and fear this is what happens to somebody who converts to Christianity. The Jews were barricaded in their homes because they were afraid of a pogrom, of course, at that time. The Catholic Hamaynam would come and try to kill them, so they were all barricaded in their homes. And when he passed by the window of the house of the Vilna Goin, the Goin opened up his Vilna his window and he said, Rebavram, go with Rizus, go quickly. And it was understood that Rabbi Avram and Avram had a halacha question. Does he run to be killed, to the Sreifa, to be burnt, because it's a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem? Or do we say, there's a mitzvah of Echaibahem, to stay alive every moment of life is so precious, maybe he should drag his feet and go slowly. And the Vilna Gain understood what his question was, and he told him, Rabbi Avram, go quickly to the mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem. In Vilna now today, there is the place where the house of the Vilna Gain stood. The house is not there anymore, but there's a plaque on the wall that says here is where the Vilna Gain's house stood. And assuming that that's where he passed by his house, there was a straight, direct uh, little uh, street through the ghetto over there that eventually opens to what was once the town square. There's a, um, there's a, a very fancy hotel there called Kapinski Hotel. Across from it is a, a church. And uh, that's why it's called the Cathedral Hotel, because it's near the church. And um, somewhere in that area is where they killed him, according to some say it was right in front of the church. But from older pictures that I've seen, it seems to me there was a little bit distance from the church was the town square. The church was maybe in the distance, but it was somewhere in that area that the Messiah is, that that's where the town square was, and that's where they killed Rebbe Avram, um, Ben Avram. Now, while he was going, in Derech Chaim about Rebbe Zalman Meltzer, page uh, 573, I think it is, there was a Messiah in Veloz and Yeshiva that he sang a certain song on his way. The song is what we say in Davening Karbonis, Aval Anachnu Amcha B'nei Rizecha, B'nei Avram Eihavcha, Zera Yitzchak Yechidoi Shenekar Algav HaMizbeach. It ends off talking about where the children of Yitzchak who was sacrificed on the Mizbeach and the Messiah in Velazhin was that the Avram and Avram sang this on his way there is, uh, there's recordings of this nigan of how it went. In that sefer, in Derech Chaim, there's actually the music notes there of the song, if anyone wants to look it up and you can play them. Um, but you can find it online, the music for the song. And um, in Valajan, they used to sing the song at certain times. Rabbi Sazaman himself would also sing the song also at uh, very, uh, the Haibin at times, very high, lofty, spiritual moments. In Shimusha Shaltaira, Reb Shach relates that in Slutsk, there was the son of Reb Ruven Dannenberger. Ruven Dannenberger was the Rav in Dvinsk before the Rav Meir Simcha. 
the author of the Reish Ruveni, and he had a son, and this son was living in Slutsk at the time, was 90 years old, and he had a very hard life. He had a daughter who was very sick um, her entire life, and he was the one who took care of her, and he, and he fed her, and he bathed her, and it was a very, very hard life. And on um, Matsuyom Kippur, every year, Rabbi Sezamun would go into his house to talk to him and to be mechazikim, and together they would dance and sing this nigan. And the way Rav Shach explained it was that Avram and Avram, he's going to be burnt, al Kiddush Hashem, so much tsaris, but yet, there's no greater simcha than being the children of Avram Avinu, the children of Yitzchak, Shenekar Agav Mizbeach, and this person, this, this son of a ruined Annenberger, such a tough life, but yet, how does it compare to the joy of being the member of Klai Yisrael? And they would sing it with simcha and with chizuk, reminding themselves of what's truly important in life, and that was Mechazik, this person, and this is when Rabbi Zalmid would sing um, the song. Um, so they say Rabbi Avram sang it while he was going and while he was being burnt. Um, the Chavetz Chaim relates that before they burnt him, he made the bracha, al-mitzvah's Kiddush Hashem. The Grah would say that if ten people would have answered Amen, it would have been in Kiddush Hashem Berabim, the Kedusha would be so great that Mashiach would have immediately come. There is a story that Rav Shach brings over there from in, uh, in Shemusha Shaltaira that the Yisrael V'Sharish HaVoyda actually snuck there and answered Amen, but after further bedikas um, and looking into it, it seems that was a different story that happened in Haradna or something, a different place where that happened with the Yisrael V'Sharish HaVoyda. It wasn't here with Avram ben Avram. Um, they say that he was heard saying as the fire was licking his, his body, that he would say, burn my body, that a trephus, burn my hands, that did this Avera, and so on and so forth. And even while the flames were burning him, they heard him singing and saying Tehillim until he was nifter and kill, killed Al-Kiddush Hashem. There's a Messiah in the name of the Gra that the day that he was Mekadashim Shemaim Barabim, there was such Kiddush in the Velt, it was Mevatel, it, it um, obliterated Klipa Hachitzoynas, which is a certain um, spiritual Tumah in the world, and specifically the Tumah that remains on a person's hand after he gets up in the morning that one has to wash Negovasar for. And that became, that was the, specifically that Tumah became weaker because of the Kedusha of the Kiddush Hashem of Rabbi Avram ben Avram. And Rabbi Shmuel Arbach, Zichrayinu Levracha, would say in the name of his father, Rabbi Shleim Zalman Arbach, who heard from Rabbi Leib Tudrasus, who heard from Zalman Nachums, who heard from his father Reb Nachum, who heard from Reb Zundel Salant, who heard from Chaim Velazhner, who heard this from the Gra, that there was this Mesaira, that the Gra said this, that the Toman hands got weaker. Now, of course, one still must wash Negovasar. That's Medina de Gemara. A person has to wash Negovasar. However, and that's the Halacha, Rabbi Shalai Mazalman said, when you learn Halacha, it seems very serious. Even the Mishabru is very serious about it, that a person should not walk four cubits, Dalar Amis, without Nitila Sedaim, without Negovasar. And um, Rabbi Shalai Mazalman said, he sees that many Choshevah people in Yushalayim are not makbid on that. And uh, he wondered why. And he says he thinks the reason is because of this Messiah, that since it got weaker, the Tumah, so one no longer has to be makbid on that Chumrah of not walking Dalet Amis. When you learn Meshavura, you'll see the whole what's, what's Halacha, what's Chumrah. Amish right away there in the beginning of Arachayim. It's interesting, he doesn't bring the Gra, even though the Chavetz Chaim 
um, so much as we said as Alpihagra, and so much of this is Alpihagra from the Avram Ben Avram story. But for some reason, he didn't even bring it. He's very, um, very serious about this, um, about the Nitiyos Yadayim. Again, this is Rav Shleim using the Messiah that it got weaker to understand the Minig of the Nikiye Hadas Birushalai. Um, now, of course, the, the priest said that no one's allowed to take his ashes and bury them. They weren't going to let this be come to Kuris Yisrael. And they put a guard over there. I don't know exactly when they, I guess they planned on cleaning it up or something. But the Gra Paskin, that they must do everything in their power to bring him to Kavri Yisrael. And there was a Jew there in, in, in Vilna named Reblazer Shishkis. And he didn't have a beard. And because of that, he didn't have a beard. It was easier for him to dress up as a guy. And the Jew was very telling at that time. They had beards, they had payas. And uh, he dressed up, the, the Gra sent him to go do what he could. He filled up his pockets with money. He went there, he bribed the guard, and the guard gave him the ashes. Plus, there were also two fingers of Rav Avram that were not burnt. They put him in a, they put it in a, a earthenware jug, and they brought it to Kvuras Yisrael in the old cemetery in Vilna. The Gra gave this Reb Lezer Shishkis a bracha for Arichas Yamim for what he did. And on his matseva it was written, Birchas Hagoin, he had a bracha from the Goin, Mispar Shnaischayev, the amount of years he lived, lived, Meo Ushtemes Reishana, 112 years that he lived because of the bracha of um, the Goin. Now, in the old cemetery in Vilna, there was a tree that started growing over the kever. Now, again, they couldn't even mark the kever because no one was allowed to know. It was dangerous. But they knew where it was, and there was a tree that started growing over the kever. And they say it looked like a body that was like two, two legs and two arms bent over as if protecting, like a mother um, leaning over her child to protect the child. That's what the tree looked like, as if it was protecting the kever of the of the uh, of Rav Avram and Avram. Reb Shleim Ablach, the Talmud of Chaim, would say that many times he was there and he saw the tree. And actually in the Sefer, Meir Eini Yisrael, on the Chavetz Chaim, Chelek Vav, page 632, Rabbi Chan in Berlin asked Reb Shleim, and he says, was it like obvious the tree? Or if you looked, you know, sometimes, you know, you see clouds and you say, it looks like this, no one else sees it. See, but if you start looking and thinking, all of a sudden you see the shape. He says, was that the way it was or was it obvious? And he laughed at him, he said, everybody saw it, it was 100% clear that it looked like a body leaning over, hands and feet leaning over the kever to protect it. Um, in, the 19, in 1927, um, Tafresh Pezayin, they actually then put, it was uh, much, obviously a lot after any time was a sakana, they put sort of an oil, an iron oil on top of the kever, and they put a, um, a stone wall around the tree. Now the tree, there's a lot of stories about the tree. Um, people tried to, 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 to destroy it. Goyim tried to destroy it. It hit them back in the head. Some say they blood, drops of blood bled from it. I don't know if there's, a, I didn't see any like strong eyewitness accounts of any of that happening. But in the First World War, they were successful in cutting off at least the top of the tree. And there was only sort of, a, 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 um, I don't want to say a stump, but um, only the trunk and some branches were left. But they put a, uh, a, a, a fence around that to protect it. So you have the tree and then you have the oil um, next to it. 
Now, his, the day of his yard site, the second day of Shavuos, eventually became a day of yard site for the whole Kila of Vilna. They would say his name in Yizkar on the second day of Shavuos. The Rav or the Magidim would say a Hespit and talk Zidibre Zichroinus about who Rabbi Avram and Avram was. Obviously, we're talking about generations later because there was, uh, after it was a danger, a da- no longer dangerous. Now, there is one um, palace of Petotsky family left in in Europe, in Poland, and that's in the city of Lancet. And uh, I was there. There's a park now around it. The palace itself is a museum. Um, I think it's called Palace Park or something like that. And um, they do have left um, in the outskirts of the park, which I guess was, there's a moat there, you know, not with water, but there's a moat. And they have one of the entranceways, and on it is the coat of arms of the Potocki family. And if you look at it, it's like a, it almost looks like a cross, but it has a has a middle to it, and then it has like um, uh, um, branches coming off of it, and that seems to be um, um, referring to the children of the Potocki family. And it's not, uh, it's not um, um, symmetrical. You look at it, it's like two on one side, three on the other, it doesn't look right. And they say that because really there was a third one at the bottom of one side, and that was Avram and Avram, and when he became a Yid, they took him off the coat of arms. That's why the whole thing does not look um, symmetrical. Um, we saw it over there in Lancet we were, when we were there. Um, now, in the Sefer Shalmei Taida, Rav Felman says, B'Shem Rav Shalem Zalman Arbach, there was a Kabbalah, that the Gura had a Talmud who had a child die in infancy, either right after he was born or after he finished nursing. And when the Gura came to Menachem he told them, you should know your son had the Neshama of the Ger Tzedek, who was not born as a Yid, he wasn't born by Kedusha, and therefore he had to come back to this world to be born as a Yid. He was born as a Yid, now he had his Tikkun, and he was able to go up to Shemayim, some say because he nursed from a guy, so therefore he had to nurse from a Jewish mother, and there he, he was Nifter after the, uh, he finished um, nursing, and he finished his Tikkun. In Pnini Mishulchan Hagra, Parshas Yisrael, Yud Ches, Pasuk Yud, they bring a vart there from Rev. Mordechai Epstein B'Shem the Gra. Mordechai Epstein was one of the people, Talmidim, who used to come into the Gra's house. And in a footnote there, they found that in the Ksavim of Rev. Vulcan, Rev. Vulcan, they found that when the Gra used to say this, he used to say it B'Shem Rev. Avram and Avram. And that is, he said that a Ger's Neshama is higher than a Jew's Neshama. Because the Gemara tells us in Chulin, Sadi Aleph, that a Jew's neshama is greater than a malach. Why? Because a malach is only allowed to say Hashem's name after three words. Kadosh, 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 and then Hashem. A Jew is able to say Hashem's name after two words. Shema Yisrael, Hashem. So a Jew is even more holy than a malach. So said Rabbi Avram and Avram, but a ger is able to say Hashem's name even after one word. Vayomer Yisrael, Baruch Hashem. So the Gra would say that a Ger's Neshama is even more lofty than a Ben Yisrael's Neshama. And like we said, it seems that he said this Var B'Shem, Rabbi Avram ben Avram. Um, the Chavetz Chaim used to say, B'Shem the Ger Tzedek, that where do Gerim come from? When HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in Yana de Yaima, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yesterday was the day that Klai Yisrael said, Nasev and Ishma, and Be'i Sivan, Yom HaMiyuchas. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu went around to all the nations, and they said, we don't want the Torah, it was, it, it's, 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 um, it, for, there were, 
individuals in every nation who wanted the Torah. It can't be that there was not one person in the nation who wanted the Torah. There were individuals. But since the majority of the nation did not want the Torah, so therefore Hashem said, okay, I'm not giving you the Torah. Klai Yisrael said, Nasev and Ishma. So what happened with those individuals who wanted to be Mechabalist Atayra? Those individuals are the sources of the Neshamas of the Geirim. Again, this wasn't, Hashem didn't go to the actual nations. He went to the nations in Shamayim, the Malachim, the Sarim, all these things, the sources of all them. And the Neshamas of Geirim were those Neshamas who said to the Rabbi Nisham, we actually do want the Taira. That is, the Chavetz Chaim used to say that over in the name of the Gertzedek of Vilna. Um, now, as we mentioned other times, the old cemetery in Vilna was destroyed by the Soviets in 1950. And in the 50s, now there's still a big uh, tumult and, and they're trying to still build on it, the Lithuanian government. Um, a lot of protests when we were there, when we were there in uh, Vilna with Dirshu. They made a protest over there. The Chayodim is still buried there. The Beragayla is still buried there. They only able to move over... Um, some of the Kvarim, including the Vilna Gain, and when they moved over the Vilna Gain and some of his family, they moved over the ashes of Rabbi Avram and Avram as well. And now in the new cemetery of Vilna, there's one big oil for all those who were moved over, and in it there are the ashes of Rabbi Avram and Avram, the Gertzedek of Vilna. Schusa Yagen Aleinu, such Kedusha, as we mentioned. That day, Zion Sivan Tov Kuftes, 1749, when Avram and Avram was, was killed, Al Kiddush Hashem in Vilna. Reb Chaim Velazhiner was born in Velazhin. Reb Chaim Velazhiner was born. So the Kedusha that left this world and made a mark on this world ushered in a new generation of Tamidei Hagra with Reb Chaim Velazhiner. Ad Hayoy Mazeh. This is the story of Reb Ram and Avram, the Gertzedek of Vilna. Schuso Yogin Leinu Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, everybody, and a wonderful Yontif. Kaltov.